You've hit play on The Screen Companion, a show about making your viewing time count. So this episode we're doing anime shows. Yes! Obviously, Stacy, you are a fan of anime. Would you call yourself a, a super fan or a medium fan? <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. Like, you've watched a lot of anime, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, since high school, man. Anime and manga. I understand you're not an expert. However, you are an expert compared to me, who has, like, 0.111% knowledge of this stuff. (laughs) So I will ask you your opinion at times. It might feel like I'm asking you to represent all of anime. And in a way, for the purposes of this episode, you are. But we both understand that it's not like you're a scholar for anime. Yeah. Let's get that caveat out of the way. You're not an expert, nor are you saying you are. So that should cut down on some of the hate mail. Some of the hate mail? (laughs) Hopefully a lot of it, man. (laughs) You said you got into it in high school. Did you seek it out yourself, or did somebody recommend it to you? Did somebody bring you into the culture? I was brought into the fold, man, you know? Made some friends. They're reading manga to start. I checked it out. Like the comics and the Japanese comics. And I was like, oh, these are pretty good. And then they tell you, have you seen the anime version yet? It's twice as good as the manga. So then from there, you start trying it out. You're like, oh, it's even better. My perception of it, with the very few articles I've read on the subject, is that they tend to talk a lot more about the integrity of the adaptation and it seems like they care what the creator thinks about it adapting book to screen a bit more than they would discuss american stuff being adapted do you think they care about what the creator thinks a bit more over there or the fandom at least oh yeah definitely both they want to cater they gotta give out the respects man even in the anime you see a lot of time they mention japanese men keep his honor Show the respect he deserved. It's a big change from the American way, and I like it. You grew up with it, liked it in high school. When you went to college, I have to imagine going from L.A. to San Francisco, it's probably stronger anime presence in the Bay Area. It might have been, but that's what kind of shut down then, man. You know, after a little bit, I just went inside, recluse a little bit, became a hermit. Got into the online scene more. Started watching everything online from there. Your uh, appreciation for anime sounds like it might have even increased, but your interaction with the community dropped off. Yep, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, exactly what happened. Did you ever go to any fan events or anything while you were living in SF? Sadly, no. Damn, and they had a few, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they had quite a few, man. Well, how about once you uh, returned to L.A.? Did you go to, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, the Anime Expo. So far, I've been three times. One time I volunteered. Second time was after a firefighting season. I think it was the third time somewhere in there. Got great pictures. All the cosplayers bought some merch. (laughs) So what is it that's so appealing and keeps you coming back? It's got to be the stories, man. Like, they're so simple, yet intricate. I was thinking about this earlier. 
and the thing that popped up to my mind was like, each anime you watch is always a different what if question. What if this happened? And the author answers it. They give you what you want, not too much, sometimes not enough, but usually they give you a taste of just any question you want to answer. Like, what if I went to a virtual world? How would that feel? What would happen? Bam. If you had to try to put your finger on what attracts a certain American subculture to anime, what do you think it is? I'd have to say it'd be more just a, damn, it's like a loaded one. Looking at it from the outside in, I went to college like you did in San Francisco. And I really hadn't heard of anime except for what I had seen on Adult Swim growing up on the East Coast. Once I went to college, anime was everywhere. J-pop, all that Asian (laughs) stuff was there. Yeah, art school, man. (laughs) There are a lot of Asian people in art school and white people who really love Asian people. (laughs) (laughs) But over the years, I've thought more about what it is that they might enjoy. And I don't want to sound condescending. I don't mean to. I make no judgments. But here are some of the things that just kind of come to mind. I see a lot of anime with young-looking characters. There's like an eternal youth aspect to a lot of anime, it feels like. And maybe that's something that the American subculture taps into. I don't think it's a coincidence that anime is more popular with younger generations, millennials forward. Part of those generations is an elongated youthfulness, and so they dial into that aspect of it. This sort of thing of like, what if you were 18 or 16 forever? (laughs) (laughs) What if you're supposed to be 30 but you have really smooth skin, no acne, your hair is glistening, your eyes are glistening, you're just so vivacious all the time. (laughs) I mean, am I wrong, Stacey? Does does it play at all to what you've seen? It it can, in a sense like that, yeah. I'm not saying every anime fan, but a segment of the anime fan gets into that. Oh, yeah. Segment definitely does. And then... I do feel there's a simplicity to a lot of anime that on some level can be a real strength. It's like, let's just get right into the the hook of this story. We don't need to get into character detail too much. Comes later, man. Especially with one of the shows we're going to talk about. It is all about the hook and the location (laughs) and the characters are just there to enact the story. And sometimes that's, that's okay, in the same way that American comic books, if you look at issue to issue, there really isn't a lot of story going on, because it's, it's just so, it's just these little tiny episodes within a larger story, and you have to pick it up month to month, and maybe every 10 episodes, 10 issues, there'll be a big revelation. But every individual installment isn't really going to go too far with the characters. It's about that overarching idea. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a super fan of that, man. Like, I can't, can't commit to it. It's, I like the continuous. Like, I'm going to invest my time in knowing these set characters. Hopefully they don't die. 
which is becoming popular. I, don't, I like that. <laughs> and get new main characters, but you know what? Let's stick with the ones we got. Tell their story. Something else about anime that I think would appeal to Americans that we don't necessarily have as much over here is the intensity of the presentation. It's almost, to some extent, like an action scene that goes on an entire episode and just doesn't end. That's the best part, man. <laughs> oh, my God, I love those. Ugh. For me, and probably part of the reason I don't get into too much anime, one of the barriers, is that I do like the quieter moments, the character stuff. I need a little more than what anime typically gives me, or what I've seen so far out of the 2% of anime I've ever tried watching. <laughs> but I'm happy to report to you, out of a whole list you gave me of what might be good for anime starters. Yeah, that was a short list, man. That's a really short list. Only 25. A big mixture. <laughs> Not much at all. That's still a lot. That was a lot for me to, to look over and figure out what I might be interested in. What was it about today's shows, Paranoia Agent, High School of the Dead? Why were those on your list? I really just want to give you like a big mix, like just a complete mixed bag. Give you some off the wall stories, some heartfelt stories, and somewhere it's just too much action. <laughs> Not enough, though. I needed to add more. I should have added more. should have went 50. <laughs> well, we're only talking about two today, and possibly forever. Oh. So let's, let's make it count. <laughs> right. We watched the first two episodes of these shows. Let's start with Paranoia Agent, and give me a little plot summary of it. Uh, that's a tough one to give a plot summary of. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's the loaded bag. That's one of the ones where it's like, you might like it, you might not. You know, there's no in-between. Even today, like, I started watching it in high school. That's like one of the ones that got me interested in anime. And that, you just don't know what's going on till the very end. Got no clue. Well, that was something I liked about this, is that, yeah, half of it, you're not quite sure what's going on, but it, I think it does a good enough job of framing what the central mystery is, which I would say is what the hell's going on with that Bat Boy. <laughs> they call him the, uh, I, wanna, I just want to call him Little Slugger. I just got to keep a Little Slugger. <laughs> little Slugger, this kid, he's going around with his gold skates on and he's attacking people. Random people. With his golden bat. From the first two episodes, it feels like this is largely an anthology with the through line of each episode focusing on a different victim of Lil Slugger. It seems like that, but at the same time, like, does Lil Slugger actually exist? Is this really a person, or is this a hoax? Is this like an online fad that everyone's just talking about? The characters involved, the victims, when they're talking to the cops, they don't sound entirely reliable. Is this stuff really happening? With the artist, the, the woman from the first episode, she has that little dog puppet, pretty much a, a beanie baby. I think that's a typical trope 
the toy just starts talking to her. And you really question her sanity. <laughs> you got to. And I question my sanity watching this <laughs> from the jump because that opening theme song is so catchy, but at the same time, married with the visual of these people laughing in the midst of calamity. Everything's happening in the background. What is this opening trying to tell me about the rest of this show? And based on the first couple episodes, I haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> well. Going back to when you saw this for the first time, how many episodes into it did you get before you felt like you had a handle on at least what the overall story was about? After high school me, I had to be like halfway, six episodes or so. Now it's been like seven, eight years since I've seen the whole thing. I'm just as lost. Everyone's a little crazy. Main character, she's crazy. Little boy, Ichi. He's marbles of loose, man. He's, he dropped a couple at some point in his life. I want to finish it, man. I got to go back and like rewatch the whole season now. Out of these first two episodes, who was your favorite character or what scene did you like the most? I'd have to say it'd be Creepy Old Man at the very beginning of episode one when he's outside the hospital and he's drawing. And then he looks up, makes eye contact with a main character. And it looks like he's taking the time to write out this like whole equation. And you're wondering, like, what is he scribbling on the floor, man? It's like gibberish. It might be physics. It might not be. Who knows? But later in episode one, apparently this man is smart or something. Like, I don't know what happened to him, his accident, but he did some crazy math and found out she's going to be in room 512. The days are. Yeah, so his equations are corresponding with significant numbers in these characters' lives. The artist from the first episode, Ichi the kid from the second episode. So it seems like that old man knows something that we don't know. What about you? Did you have a favorite one? Did anyone connect with you? Even though I felt like a lot of the characters were lacking depth, there was still enough going on with them that I felt like they weren't just pieces of paper floating around. But then the second episode with the kid, Ichi, we really get pieces of what he's about. And that was refreshing, and it made me feel better about the show as a whole. Like, oh, okay, so there, there are moments where they will really delve into these characters. I think the uh, moment in the first episode where that sort of con man character... I love that guy. I don't know why he thinks he's going to get any money out of investigating this thing that, that the cops don't want him investigating the attacks by Lil Slugger. But he's talking with the artist, and he does impersonations for her based on things he's heard her co-workers say. It says a lot about him, because partway through it, he drops his pen, and then he's looking at her knees underneath the table like a creep. He's trying to get that panty shot, man. <laughs> and they don't really give it to us. In an anime, I was shocked. Yeah. And it's like, if you wanted panty shots, just wait for High School of the Dead. <laughs> so you got that. We, we learn more about his character, that he's a real creep. 
And then we learn about her because she can automatically tell who he's impersonating. So it's like, wow, even though they're saying all this stuff behind her back, she hears all of it all the time and she knows who's saying it. So there's that part of it and it gives us a little bit about her character. And then there's the humor part of it. It's hard for me to find a lot of anime funny, but I found that scene a a bit humorous. Yes, yes. It's one of the few times the exaggeration of seeing his face all of a sudden take on makeup characteristics. (laughs) And And doesn't he, he speaks in their voices too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a total scumbag, man. Like literally their voices. Yeah, he gets perfectly. Best con artist in the world. You just met him. I chose Paranoia Agent from your list based really on the animation style. I like that it's a bit more realistic. The way the adults look like adults, the kids look like kids. Although I'm kind of wondering the artist, how old she's supposed to be. Because she looks pretty damn young, but I guess maybe early, early 20s? Yeah, early to mid-20s. Yeah, which I, I, I saw women like that at the Academy of Art those superstar artists in little packages that they look pretty young, but they've got a lot of talent too. So I could see one of them coming up with a cartoon character that gets popular and sells a bunch of dolls. So I picked Paranoia Agent based on the animation. And then I figured, well, let's see what else these creators were involved with. Oh, And that's how I arrived at Perfect Blue, the anime film from the late 90s. And I watched the movies first for the part two discussion before watching these shows. I liked that movie. So based on that, I figured, well, the same guys involved with it. I think it had uh, the same director. And I figured, well, that just means more than likely I'm going to like Paranoia Agent 2. Okay. And I did. And I think that this is definitely a win recommending a show to people who don't get into anime. Because I will more than likely continue with the show after this discussion. Yes, yes, I'm so excited. Like I'm trying to contain some of this, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to contain this, but yes, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> you know, not a super fan, not a fan, but we found something that's anime. That's not bad. You can you can tolerate it. That's what I really want. There's a lot of caveats with other anime that I've seen. But this one, I would say on the most basic level, even when maybe I'm not totally into certain moments or maybe there's a boring stint, I'm not hating it. Whereas other anime, when certain things that I'm not into are on screen, I'm just gritting my teeth and trying to get through it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everything can't be awesome all the time, but I think when you're already kind of a hostile viewer, you're quicker to get angry or to say something sucks. You don't want it to get better because you want to be right about thinking it's terrible. Yeah, you want to shoot it down instantly. Part of this episode is trying to be more positive. And for that show, Paranoia Agent, it wasn't that hard to do. So kudos to you for that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. The animation just, it just looks so good. That's nothing. Like, on my list, I tried to keep stuff that still holds up to today's animation standards. It may be old, but it's still solid. You know, it's like, they took the time, they drew it nice, flows, it's not choppy. Like, some animes are 
even today's are making one to vomit. But this one holds up, man. So we go from something that has a certain level of realism, certain subtlety to it, <laughs> <laughs> and to go from that to High School of the Dead. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Give us a little summary of what's going on with High School of the Dead. High School of the Dead. <laughs> the title is what's happening, you know? We've got some high school students. Today's the day the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. It's Walking Dead at a high school. And do the first two episodes, they happen in the same day, right? Yep. So that was kind of interesting that they do a lot of minute-by-minute stuff as opposed to one episode is this day, next episode's tomorrow, so on that works for this show it does it gives it that immediacy keeps the characters moving but keeps the audience moving because this isn't quite something i think stands up to a lot of scrutiny it's the opposite of paranoia agent whereas that show you finish an episode and you go huh i wonder what that meant or what did this mean or or what did that symbolize (laughs) (laughs) high school of the dead You see that nurse with giant knockers? I think you know what the giant knockers represent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't forget the extra bounces they have for the fan service, you know. So Andrew, in part two, talking about anime, he said something that is different with Japanese culture, their sense of humor, the hypersexualization is meant to be funny. When I first saw the panty shots, And the focus on sex, it's enough that it's obvious, it's over the top, and it turned me off at first. But then as I thought about it, remembering what Andrew said, it's like, okay, let's assume they're not doing it for titillation, that it's meant to be humorous. Look at it from that perspective. Try to put yourself into a Japanese person's headspace. Okay, okay. And once I did that, I'm glad I figured that part out before the nurse came on screen. Oh, the nurse. <laughs> I really zeroed in on this concept of it supposed to be funny. Not immediately when we see the nurse, but I think in that same scene when we're introduced to her character, all of a sudden there are sound effects. <laughs> yeah. The boing boing. The boing giggle. And, yeah. <laughs> Andrew was right. This isn't meant to be cheesecake all alone. I mean, there's that aspect of it, but it's not only that. There is supposed to be a funny aspect to it, which was humorous at first because it caught me off guard. (laughs) (laughs) But then it, it fit with the rest of the show, not being very subtle. It hits you with everything. It's very stylized. And why not? extend that style to things like female locomotion and their body parts. I like that, though. Like, when we watched it, I was like, oh, I remember why I enjoyed this in high school. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Take it outside the box as well. One of the scenes, episode one, they're fighting the zombies on the stairs getting to the roof. The chick, she's got the fake spear, the broom handle, and then she falls. And it, someone actually took the time draw and animate her cheeks 
bounce him multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> like, who takes the time to do this? Freaky Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was another one on your list. I forget what it was called, but I saw this male character instantly fall in between this woman's gigantic bosoms. And I know that was meant to be funny, but I saw that and thought, nah, that's a bit too much for me. Little did I realize that (laughs) that High School of the Dead, the reason why I picked this, I figured, zombies. What I saw for my research was just an action scene, and I figured, well, yeah, okay, zombies, you can't go wrong. Even when it gets dull or stupid, at least there's zombie killing. I was half right, <laughs> but I, I feel like there isn't enough zombie killing. What, not enough? Not enough, no. Because the best parts of this show, based on the first couple installments, it was the zombie killing for me. Like, when I think about what the best scene was between those two episodes, for me it was when the zombies are initially taking over the school and just all the mayhem and murder that's going on. Oh, Interesting. Because it's so frenetic, and you see these little tiny character moments, like those two girls that are holding hands, and oh, we'll be best friends, let's escape together. Best friends forever. Yeah, until one of them falls down the stairs and gets pulled down by the zombies, and the other one, uh, she actually kicks her, doesn't she? Yeah, she becomes a wicked witch instantly, like a switch just went off. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Love it, man. Do you have a favorite character in this? first two episodes no no i think i'm I'm still getting to learn the characters figure out who's who you know they're positive negatives could go either way i could pick anyone here i'll tell you who annoys the crap out of me oh it's that uh self-professed genius girl (laughs) she's got the pink ponytails i believe And she is so annoying, and like a lot of the other characters, especially the female characters, she yells almost everything she says. It's a very loud show. (laughs) She's got to, man. She's a woman. She's never heard, you know? That's that's the thing. Like, she's got to be pronounced. You must know and respect her. How is it that the show, the first episode, starts with, I guess, a flash forward, and then flashes back. And then we catch up to the flash forward in a matter of minutes. It's like, why even do that? Just tell the story linearly. (laughs) Uh, This one, though, I think this is what they want you. They don't want you to focus on the plot and everything. They want you to just go. You're living this moment right here, right now. What are you going to do? Because when they do that sort of splash page storytelling it's like let's start with the zombies getting beat up and the blood and guts it's because the story before it is going to be kind of boring or isn't going to get to the juicy stuff in a smart amount of time but this show that first zombie walking up to the gates of the school happens what within the first five six minutes yeah if not sooner Yeah, so if they don't have enough confidence in what they're doing, that the audience will wait that five minutes for the first blood spurt to occur. (laughs) I mean, that's just what it felt like. It's like, oh, we got to show you stuff right now, even though we're going to show it to you pretty soon anyway. It felt a little bit like filler. I agree with you on that. That was filler at its finest. It's not episodes long, like some animes. 
I'm trying to figure out these characters a little bit. Unlike Paranoia Agent, these characters are firmly within certain boxes that get checked off. <laughs> They're archetypes all the way. But mm. Nurse Big Boobs, Damn. is she supposed to be special needs in some way? <laughs> I think she's like the straight comedy of the whole anime, man. She is the comedic relief. She's got to be. Because the stuff that happens to her and goes down and the amazing luck she has. She is so dumb. I got to figure she didn't actually get that position based on her credentials. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, obviously she, <laughs> she didn't. She got the doings. <laughs> I'm watching her thinking she is so stupid. It's taking me out of the show because... Isn't there enough crazy stuff going on? Do we need a character that, as zombies are attacking this boy, the student that's trying to protect her, she really doesn't seem all that concerned? No, she's not. It's, it's an everyday occurrence to her. It's like, zombies attack all the time. Let me just get my stuff. Now, if you were to attach a genre to this, is it mainly a comedy or mainly a horror I know we could call it a horror comedy, but does it lean more toward one or the other? With just the first two episodes, I'm, I gotta lean more towards comedy, just off the first two episodes alone. But with episode two, you have the classic guy with glasses, the pig character. My favorite scene is with the girl with pink hair. The takeoff friend has been attacked by zombies. They end up in the woodshop class. This man picks up a nail gun and knows everything about the nail gun just by touching it in his hands. It weighs four kilograms. This is just like an old style soft rifle. I can do this, this, and this to make it steady so I can shoot with it. And with a span of like, what, five to ten seconds, he whips up a quick gun? Yeah, he, he gives it a, a butt stock and everything. When I rewatched that, I was, I was just happy as I saw it day one. Maybe happier. It was great. That was a high point. Because so much of the show is two-dimensional that I figured he was just going to be the whipping boy. Oh, yeah. He is capable, and there is something else going on. He's not just a loser. That was uh, a good thing to see. It was good, but so unbelievable. Like, you got to agree with me on that part. <laughs> that is just too much, man. He made the genius look bad. This show definitely does not believe in... There are only so many plot points that the audience will suspend their disbelief, and you have a finite number of those you should use per episode. <laughs> this show says, no, 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 no. We have tons of tokens. We're just spending, spending, spending. This crazy thing's happening over here. This over there. You just better suspend your disbelief for all of it. Some of the stuff in the first episode, as the zombie outbreak is happening, they do address some little things that make you believe in the world a little bit more. Like you got the kids trying to use their cell phones, and they're testing, the, the girl with the pink hair, she's testing the zombies to see what senses they're using. Yeah. She realizes, oh, they're mostly sound-based. And that part, I, I appreciated it. It gave it a little more depth. I'm like, I forgot about that, yeah. I mean, that was cool. And then they undercut it with nurse boobs. <laughs> undercut it with nurse boobs. And they've put me in an uncomfortable position because I find her so annoying, but on principle, 
I don't want her to get eaten by the dead because of her assets. <laughs> oh, so you're like the student, you know, the student who uh, was brave, valiant, and sacrificed himself to protect our, our nurse. I mean, if they really wanted to show some respect, they would get nurse boobs clothes that fit. <laughs> no way. No. No. She's fine. She's fine. Well, I know she's fine, but is she fine? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, our samurai chick helps her out. Cuts that skirt up. She can walk better. That didn't feel as gratuitous as it could have been. There was no real panty shot there, was there? No. Uh-uh. It was just the side of the leg. Wow, they really uh, do no restraint. So you've you've seen the whole series already? Once again, years ago, yeah, yeah, you know. And I think I binge watched this one too. I was like, just spent the all nighter. I was hooked. I love the zombie killing. I love the fact that you see the blood, the guts, the gore. Like each kill, you know, we got hit in the head. You see the brain splatter in the background or something. You know, it was nice. And in the same way that I recognized the talking animal doll trope from Paranoia Agent. So early in the first episode of High School of the Dead, I recognized this trope of cherry blossom leaves blowing in the wind. (laughs) And they're on the roof of this building. I'm sure leaves can blow that high up, but it it felt pretty well staged. Yeah, it's just the perfect day. You know, everything's going just how you want it. Sun shining at the exact angle. That can only happen in the spring when the cherry blossoms bloom. <laughs> if you were to really try to sell this series, are there any kind of disclaimers you'd give them or just extra help? Because this was on your list to me without any extra explanation, and I had to figure it out on my own. And like I said, I was wrong to a certain extent thinking there would be more horror to this than there was. I, I probably should have put a disclaimer with this one. I forgot it needed one, honestly. It's an extreme. It, <laughs> it goes too far to the left, and it just keeps pushing. Doesn't stop. After talking about these two shows, let's get back to more of a general discussion about anime. In your estimation, what, what would you say is, is popular in anime right now? Definitely the isekai, the virtual world, sometimes a different world you get teleported to. Shonen stuff in the last couple of years, everyone's been really loving that. It's a little everywhere. And then you got some that started a couple of years ago that are still holding strong, like Attack on Titan. And are there any American productions, especially the last five, ten years, I see more stuff that Americans are doing in the style of anime. Can you think of any that do that particularly well, or are they just poor imitations? I can't think of any that do well. I mean, what's up with this trend lately where American studios are taking animes, and instead of translating it to American animation, not only are they adapting it from another culture, but they decide they want to adapt it into live action. (laughs) That just doesn't make sense to me. Man. I guess that's a whole nother topic right there. That's just ugh. Netflix has got a couple of horrible examples of that. Bleach, oh my god, Ronnie Kenshin, all those horrible movies they did. I, I, 
that's a new episode. <laughs> Those are so bad. This show is mostly about recommending the content, what's on screen. But when you're watching anime or any particular type of anime, maybe you can relate it to one of the shows we've just discussed. What type of environment you want to be in when you're watching it? Maybe what snacks or drinks or, or watching it at a computer screen? Can you give us any sort of recommendations as far as the environment? I'd have to say whether you're streaming from the computer, a Nintendo Switch, your phone, whatever, just put it on the big screen. And a snacks, really anything works. My favorite is chips. Just make sure you're, you got to have the right mood for whatever anime you want to watch, you know. Some are just feel good, so you're feeling down, watch that. Some are just straight real life. I'm not a big fan of those. Has an anime ever managed to make you cry? Oh, yeah. I actually put some of those on the list I, I sent you, man. A couple of stories, they hit you. They hit you in the heart. For people that aren't into anime, even though I liked High School of the Dead a lot less than Paranoia Agent, I think ultimately they're both good if somebody's just dogging you to watch anime with them. And I've been in the situation a few times, and I wish I had this show to refer to, because it's a terrible Catch-22. They're like, well, okay, let's watch some anime, but you can pick it. It's like, well, how am I supposed to pick it if I don't watch it? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a, a false choice. Because then there's that little glint in their eye and they go, oh, you can't think of something? <laughs> Let me find something for us. Yeah. Something I like. <laughs> yeah. But now, because of this show and this research I've done, if I had known about these two back in college when people were having me sit down and torturing me with stuff... <laughs> I could have said, oh yeah, let's watch Paranoia Agent. Let's watch High School of the Dead. And I could sit down and to varying degrees of enjoyment, I wouldn't totally hate either one. Whereas I remember people sitting me down and I just had to sit there. Sometimes they'd be shorter ones and then sometimes it'd be longer episodes. Like, oh my God, when is this going to stop? And I just hated it on every level. I couldn't get into it. But these two, I think there's stuff about them that'll at least keep you engaged on a basic level. And it's almost like taking a placebo as far as High School of the Dead. <laughs> Paranoia Agent, I think, is more of a top-notch show that you'll, you'll just like in spite of anime if, if you're not a day anime. Saying all that stuff, Stacy, what would you say is some of the missteps that people that are really into anime when they're when they're just so energized and fired up about it, and all of a sudden they're trying to convert somebody who they know doesn't like it, where do you think people go wrong when they're trying to recommend stuff to people that aren't familiar with the genre? Oh, damn. First thing that comes to mind instantly is they always recommend to you the flavor of the month. Like That's the first anime they check at you. And that's usually something that's a, an acquired taste, is the best way to put it. Cause a lot of times the flavor month isn't something that is classic or just as good as it's something that was brought out years ago. It's just what everybody wants to see right here, right now. This is fresh. This is new. Take it. Is there anything super Japanese in anime that you think takes time for an American to process 
or get over, maybe? That's a cultural hurdle. Uh, uh. Well, one thing you mentioned uh, last time we met up, you were talking about black characters in anime. Oh, man. (laughs) I really didn't think about it. I mean, when I saw exaggerated black characters in some of the stuff I've seen, I just figured, well, they exaggerate everything. These women with giant breasts, these black people that are also exaggerated. I I didn't think beyond that. But then you mentioned that there might be a racial component to it. Yeah. And then I read an article or two about it. And, I mean, I I knew to take your word for it, but but I I was seeing more examples of it when I read up on it. Oh. <laughs> uh, so you, you caught it? <laughs> Some is over-exaggerated. Some is just... They just went too far. They think it's funny, but it's really not, you know? Like, once you know about it, you just start watching newer stuff, and you're like, oh, he's got dreads again. He's got gold teeth. Yep, there's his chain. Here come his golden knuckles. <laughs> you know? And I haven't looked into this at all, but have you ever read into any interviews or, or watched any interviews with the creators where they address these issues? I believe I've read some stuff, but it's like, they once again, they say it's a joke, and nah, man, you go too far. It's too exact. Is there anything about Paranoia Agent and High School of the Dead? Any final thoughts as we wrap up? Paranoia Agent? Then you can say about that. That's just a mind game, man. Love it. One of the best mind games out there. And High School of the Dead? It's got to be ready to laugh. Like That is classic good. I can't believe you actually picked two really good ones off that list. Paranoia agent, something you want to sit down and watch, get involved with. Maybe watch by yourself. Not that you have to, but you could. High School of the Dead, that feels like a group thing. It might be better enjoyed that way. I think it's something you could put on the background. If you're young, you're doing your homework. Or if you're in college doing your homework, put that on in the background. If your roommate is just moaning about, oh, I just uh, whining hardcore. uh, Why can't we ever watch anime? You never want to watch anime with me. It's like, fine, shut up. Here's High School of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Distraction. And is is High School of the Dead pretty popular? Do a lot of people know about it, would you say? Oh, a lot of anime fans know about it, which is strange. Like, it's one of those just... I don't want to call it a hidden gem, but after watching anime for so long and then coming back to it, it's something that you don't remember too well. The story is nicely told, but not, but it's still enjoyable. I had mentioned it to uh, Andrew and Max, and I believe Andrew said he had heard of Paranoia Agent, but hadn't seen it. What? And then High School of the Dead, I don't think either of them had heard of that one. Really? Oh my god. These guys live under rocks, man. I gotta get a list for them. I think it's safe to say, out of the three of you, you're probably a bit more of a fan than the other guys. <laughs> a bit more? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say you've probably watched more anime than they have. I don't believe that. I can't. Hey, hey, accept that throne I'm putting <laughs> you on, and you can be the first positive black character in anime. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not gonna take that one. No, no. I'll pass that along. 
And that concludes our discussion about anime TV. If you want a recommendation about anime films, check out part two of this two-part series.